suck at golf, and let me tell you why. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Avery Dofsik, your host of the Why You Suck at Golf podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Nikki Bondura. She's a host on Golf Channel and correspondent. She just started a mentorship program called Nikki B Academy, and she's awesome. So before we hear from her, let's hear from Anchor. Today I'm joined by Nikki Bondura. How are we today? I am doing so great. So good. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. So why don't we start off about you telling us a little bit about yourself, what you're up to, where you are right now. Give us some info. Um, So I am currently in lockdown um, at home in Sacramento, California, which I know lots of people are in lockdown and quarantine, social distancing right now. Um, But basically, I'm from Sacramento. Um, I was born in San Jose, but grew up in Sacramento. Um, And I actually work for the Golf Channel. Um, I'm a host and correspondent for the Golf Channel. Um, I'm a social media correspondent. And then also I'm currently um, the fill-in co-host for School of Golf while Blair O'Neill is on maternity leave. So that's been pretty cool. And uh, we had two episodes come out so far. And then uh, we have another one coming out. And hopefully we'll be able to film a few more once uh, this quarantine is over. Um, And then other than that, I also, um, I'm the guest of honor for this year's American Cancer Society tournament in Sacramento. So that'll be really fun. We uh, unfortunately had to push the date back a little bit to October, but it should still be um, a really good time and a really great event. Um, I'm an an Adidas golf ambassador. Um, I have a podcast as well called the pregame with Kat and Nikki, and that's with uh, the Sacramento on court or the Sacramento Kings on court host, uh, Katarina Contouris. And we talk about all things sports and media and just our, you know, our lives and our jobs and working in a cutthroat industry, as I'm sure you understand. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me and what I got going on right now, but honestly, right now, not too much is going on. Kind of doing the same thing as you trying to record as many podcast episodes as possible. Um, trying to FaceTime friends as much as possible and stay connected, trying to practice my game and work on my game as much as I can with the nets that I have at home, even though it's totally not the same. But um, yeah, and just kind of trying to navigate this uh, quarantine life that we have going on right now. That's all incredible. And I can (laughs) definitely relate on trying to keep the game sharp. I set up a mat over my lovely water hazard in the backyard of my swimming pool and um, was practicing hitting out of the water with some floating golf balls. Um, boredom has reached its highest, I think, but I'm very grateful to be in good health as I, a lot of people are suffering a little bit worse than this. But back to Golf Channel, I met Martin Hall at my time at Golf Channel, and he was absolutely delightful. How has your experience been working with him so far? Uh, Martin is the absolute best. And of course, if you've seen School of Golf, you know how much energy he has. He's just like a ball of energy. And he's so much fun. Uh, you know, he delivers the information, but in a fun way. And that's what I love so much, so much about him. Um, but in person, he really, he really, really is like the one of the most genuine people I have ever met. And, you know, working in an industry in media, um, working in broadcast television, it is a very cutthroat industry. And not everyone is always the nicest, unfortunately. But he, when I came to the studio, he made sure that I was as comfortable as I could be and really was looking out for me the entire time. You know, when we filmed our first episode, he kept asking, during all the breaks, he kept asking me like, are you all right? You good? Do you need to know anything? Like just, just checking in with me. So he was absolutely 
awesome to work with. And I hope that we can continue to work together um, once we're able to get back to normalcy. And then Blair as well, too. Like she was welcomed me with open arms. I shadowed her for one episode just to kind of, you know, get the lay of the land, see how they do things before my first episode of filming. And so, yeah, they were just both two great people to work with and, and, um, and, and shadow. And I'm, I'm so lucky because, you know, it, not everyone is always nice. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I was most surprised by that when I worked there and I thought the, not like the hosts weren't going to be friendly, but off camera, they were exactly who they were as they were on camera. And that goes for every single person I met there. I was really shocked. They were very genuine, welcoming, you know, were always willing to give me contacts or try to help me out in any way they could. And it was just awesome. But let's shift gears a little bit. I want to throw back to what did your life look like when growing up and who introduced you to golf and how'd you get into it? Yeah, yeah. And then real quick too, just to bank off of what you said, everyone, I think the special thing about Golf Channel is that everyone is so nice and genuine. Like everyone looks out for each other um, and there is no like weird animosity. So I, I definitely noticed that as well. And it, it, it is intimidating kind of going in for your first time and um, but everyone's there with open arms, which is really cool. But um, I started playing golf when I was, I think I was like 12 years old. It was the summer before eighth grade. And before that, I absolutely. That's hate- me too. Yeah, yeah that's so <laughs> cool. You, you know, and we're so we're kind of like late bloomers in a way, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like, especially for girls that do go on to play in college, a lot of them start when they're like, when they can walk right when they like are three yeah. years old and are two years old um obviously they're not playing competitively at that young age but then once they get to maybe five six years old they're they're already playing competitively so you know I started playing and I I kind of realized that it was probably going to be a lot of work it was going to be a big feat in order to play well and to keep up with the rest of the the rest of the girls kind of in my community but um, I hated golf growing up. My dad is an avid golfer and I would go out to the golf course with him sometimes, but I always thought of it as like, as daddy's sport with his friends. Like I never really saw a ton of female golfers out there, especially young female golfers. Like I never saw young girls playing golf. So I just didn't think golf was, you know, a fun sport that I could really relate to and, and find other people that were like me to play with. So um, it really wasn't until I actually met Natalie Golpis um, at an LPGA tournament near my hometown. My dad had taken me out to, I think it was back then, it was like the Long's Drugs Challenge in Auburn, California. And my dad took me out and I remember meeting Natalie Golpis. And, you know, of course, my dad, he was making sure I took pictures with like everyone that we could find and, um, you know, just being that that total dad. Um but I met Natalie and I really resonated with her mainly because she was also from the Sacramento area. So she was from Granite Bay and, um, you know, she was a tall, cute blonde girl. She dressed, she probably had the best style out on the golf course. And, you know, as a like 12 year old or 11 year old girl, um, I was like so into fashion and, and all of that, um, even at that young age. So I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, like she's from Sacramento, like, she dresses so cute. Like she makes golf look fun. And also she was just a really, really nice, genuine person. Uh, And she probably didn't realize the impression that she left on me, you know, when I was an 11 year old girl, but I remember we took the picture. It ended up not coming out. I think we, it was probably one of those um, disposable cameras at that time. So (laughs) we took the picture, um, but maybe it wasn't because somehow 
we realized it didn't work or I don't know, whatever we took the picture on, it didn't work. So we had to go back and ask her for another one. And she was so gracious, so kind enough to take another one. Um, and she took like, you know, however much time we needed with her, she was willing. So she really left a lasting impression on me. Um, and that really inspired me to start playing golf and kind of just got my gears turning in my head to start playing. Um, and then of course too, there was like a cute older boy that played golf. So I was like, oh, maybe golf's not that bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I ended up um, deciding to play golf. Yeah. Going into my eighth grade year and, you know, I had played basketball. I was doing musical theater, but like I wasn't like the star player. And the problem was I was good, but I wasn't good enough. And it's because, you know, in basketball and musical theater, like there's a coach deciding who gets to, to play in the game. There is um, a casting director that just decides who gets the lead role. So I kind of got really frustrated even that, at that young age that like that stuff wasn't in my control. So obviously at a very young age, I was also a control freak like I still am today. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I realized with golf, like it's an individual sport. So however I performed is is kind of what the end result would be. So I thought that was really cool. And um, yeah, kind of all those things kind of hit me at, you know, that like middle school age where you're kind of like figuring out who you are and going through that awkward stuff. So I ended up um, deciding to play. I got to play that whole eighth grade year with the high school team, which was really cool. And I think that's really what like got me hooked because, you know, I was playing with the older girls and and I would go out every single day over the summer playing with them and then even throughout the school year and I would go like watch them, um, you know, and watch their matches and just get excited for the, the year ahead. So that's really, um, you know, why I got into golf. And I, I'm so happy, obviously, that I did because it's led me to where I am today. But yeah, then I ended up playing all four years on the varsity team in high school. And then I ended up getting a scholarship to Sacramento State. And, you know, I'm from Sacramento, so <laughs> um, or a town like 30 minutes outside of Sacramento. And I wanted to go somewhere super far away, but, you know, things, I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason. And, um, you know, I had, I had a, like a verbal commitment to University of Nevada, Reno. Um, I was looking at even like UC Davis. I was looking at San Diego State, but all of those, all of those schools fell through. And I just remember I was like so bummed out because I wanted to go to like one of those big, really cool schools. And I was really bummed because like Sacramento State was kind of known at that time for being a commuter school. But, you know, fast forward to going into college and making that commitment to Sacramento State. It was the best four years of my life. I met all of my lifelong friends that I still have today. Um, because of going to Sacramento State, I, you know, met my, when I was there at Sacramento State, met my now husband. So everything totally happens for a reason. Um, and then, yeah, ended up graduating and I knew I didn't want to play professional golf because one, I was just realistic and knew I wasn't good enough. Um, and, <laughs> and two, I think I still had that kind of itch from like my musical theater days to, um, you know, do something in media, be on TV. Like I always loved like the thought of like acting or being a host or reporter. Like I remember growing up, I would always pay attention more so to the reporters and the correspondents and the hosts than like anything else that was happening in the game or whatever was on TV. So um, I decided that I wouldn't try and turn pro, um, but instead I, I created a blog. So right before I graduated, I created a blog, um, NikkiBGolf.com, and I would review golf products. So that's kind of how I got my start into this whole world is I reviewed golf product and it was in correlation with um, a golf store here that actually my dad has been the manager of for years. And so they knew I wanted to 
you know, make my way on TV and work for the golf channel one day. So we ended up creating these really fun, like golf product reviews that were, I mean, kind of like how I mentioned with Martin earlier, like it delivers the important information, but it's also fun and engaging. And it's not like the typical boring mm-hmm. golf media that we used to see back in the day. Like now golf media is awesome. Um, you know, with just the rise of social and digital media, but back then there was golf product reviews and they would be the most boring videos you would ever watch. So that's kind of how I got my start. Um, and then just networked like crazy. Um, we you know, went to every PGA show that I could, went to every tournament that I could really try to network and just meet anyone and everyone took every opportunity, um, you know, no matter how small it was just to get my name and my face out there. And then ended up um, meeting some people from Golf Channel. So I graduated in 2015, met some people from Golf Channel at the PGA show, um, I believe in 2017, and then ended up um, getting on, uh, they asked me to be on their show Shop Makers um, in 2018, which I ended up winning. And then that's that's what led me to my role at Golf Channel today. So um, kind of a very long version of how I got to where I am today, but um, you know, lots of pivotal moments, you know, there. And um, yeah, and I, I, I'm just super excited because it's been my absolute dream since I was little um, to be on the Golf Channel and I've done it and it's pretty cool. That's amazing. I, it's so crazy how oh. much we have in common because I grew up and I was in musical theater no way. when I was young. Um, yeah, I played volleyball for a very long time. I'm very tall. I'm oh, five wow. foot ten. Um, I'm not over six feet tall. So my dad said, you know, you're never going to get a scholarship anywhere playing volleyball because right. you're not over yeah, six feet know, tall. It's... A little uneducated yeah. opinion, um, <laughs> if I do add. But um, he introduced me to golf the same time he was picking it up. You know, he was a recreational golfer. He'd go out once a month with his friends. Nothing crazy. He suddenly got an itch for it. And that made him, um, I was kind of mm-hmm. his scapegoat to go to the golf course. So my mom Love wouldn't it. get mad. Love uh, <laughs> I would go with him and I hated it. I hated everything about it. I hated how boring it didn't compare mm-hmm. to hitting a volleyball over a net, you know, and scoring with the team and having that team aspect. It didn't compare to it. So as time went on, he forced me. Every day, twice a day, he dragged me out of bed. I hated him for it. We had a horrible relationship. Not to mention, he also (laughs) doubled as my coach. So, and for someone just starting out like him, it was really hard to take advice from someone with not a great skill level. (laughs) So, fast forward to my freshman year of high school. He said, I'm never going to go watch you if you don't make varsity. And Mm. that just fueled my fire, honestly. So I made varsity my freshman year, played varsity all four years, MVP, team captain. Then I got recruited to go to college. And um, I remember I thought I wanted to be a nurse, which looking back is, I don't know how in the world I thought that. But then I toured all the communication schools and I really had no clue how big it was and everything that went into it. So I kind of immediately fell in love. And so I find that very interesting how you kind of got started and all that. But did you major? I did. Yes. So I majored in communications as well. Um, And it is really funny how similar our stories are. And I remember I had, you know, at times the worst relationship with my dad too, because, you know, they put so much pressure on you. They try to coach you all that good stuff. But 
Um, yeah, I majored in communications uh, and actually it was with an emphasis in public relations because when I was in high school, college, like I originally had thought that I wanted to work in PR. I had met someone who worked in PR for golf. Uh, I think it was actually at TaylorMade and I just thought her job was like really, really cool. And I really liked what she did. And I think I also just didn't believe that I could actually make a career out of being on TV. Um, I don't know why that was, but I was like, I have no experience. Like, you know, I, you know, and I kind of thought like, well, I gave up that musical theater dream. Like I don't have any practice, like, you know, so I, I didn't really believe that I could actually do it. But, but then I realized, you know, right before I graduated, I'm like, if I don't give this a fair shot, you know, I'm going to regret it. So I ended up, um, unfortunately, it was kind of too late in my junior year to switch majors. I could have, but I was already almost like all the way done with my um, major like requirements at that point. So instead of switching my major um, and like having to stay an extra year or like an extra semester at school, and trust me, I could have crammed it all into my senior year, but I wanted to have an easy senior year because I was so ready to be done with school and just move on with my life. Um, but I ended up taking a bunch of journalism classes as electives and a bunch of um, like sports media classes. So that definitely really helped. Um, looking back, I do wish I would have switched my major and just like sucked it up senior year um, and ended up, you know, kind of switching my major or maybe double majoring in journalism. Um, but Sacramento State didn't really have like a broadcast media major. So I also do wish that maybe I would have gone to a school that had that major. But you know what? Like I said, everything happens for a reason. Um, and the communications classes, I think, did really help me. Um, because with communication cl classes, a lot of time you have to get up and speak in front of the class. So getting that experience was also mm -hmm. very helpful for what I do today. Yeah, hindsight right, exactly. is always twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you like doing the studio work, or do you like being, you know, at the yeah, live you tournaments? Know, that's what do you such prefer? Such a good question. I think I kind of like both. Um, and although I, the studio work that I've done so far, it's not like I haven't been on Morning Drive. I haven't been on, um, you know, one of those shows where you actually talk about golf and like you're reporting the news. Um, so I'd be interested to see if I like that aspect of being in the studio uh, rather than filming, you know, uh, like a TV show like School of Golf. Um, but I do think I really enjoy being at the tournaments. Um, I just love, first of all, I love traveling, getting the, you know, getting the chance to travel and go to new places that I've never been before. Um, and just experiencing the golf courses and, you know, it's just so cool. And I feel like there's just an amazing energy when you're out at the, at, at a golf tournament and same when you're out at any sporting event in any game. Um, but I think I, I do enjoy like the live tournaments more, more so. Um, but you know, I would love to get the opportunity to do something else in studio, maybe more news focused cause I haven't tried that yet. And I think that would be really cool too. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I'm i a big uh, traveler, so I definitely yes. see how that can get addicting. But let's shift a little bit and talk about this new mentorship program that you're creating. Um, from my knowledge, it's for female golfers. Yep, exactly. Beyond, so right? I'm really excited about it. And honestly, even though we're all kind of feeling, you know, like I said, isolated during this time and like there's nothing to do. I'm really excited that we do kind of have this break as much as I do miss, you know, miss traveling for golf and 
Um, Cause like I said, I just mentioned, I love that part of it. I am excited for this opportunity, like, and this extra time that I have to actually put into this because this has been on my heart for quite some time. Um, I, you know, as I've been doing this for the past couple of years, I'll, I'll have girls reach out to me. Um, I mean, about, about every month or so and just ask, you know, they ask me questions about how I got my role and kind of my career path. And I love hopping on the phone and chatting with them. And I, I realized I was doing it probably about once a month. And I was like, you know what, like I can create a bigger program here and really become almost like a mindset coach and kind of a mentor um, to these young girls. So it's, it's really for girls who are in high school, college, or um, recent graduates. And so I, I feel like there is just this need, especially for, I mean, for females, but also like young females, but also for young female golfers, because I feel like it's kind of hard to navigate, you know, your, first of all, when you're in high school, I think building the confidence and learning the important like mental skills in order to perform well in college, if you want to play, uh, you know, college and get a scholarship in school. Um, and then also too, if you're in college, like, you know, prepping for graduation, kind of like freaking out about that. Do I decide to turn pro? Do I decide to go out and get a real job? Um, I think there's a lot and, you know, you have your parents, you have your coaches, um, you have your family, friends and all that. But I think it's really important to also have someone kind of with an unbiased opinion who can be on the outside looking in and really help you kind of navigate like the next step to take. So the mentorship program, um, yeah, it's really for them to, to teach these young female golfers to create their own, their own path. Like I'm a big believer. That's kind of like, whenever I like talk about things, I always talk about creating your own path because that's what I did. Like I didn't have the, <laughs> I didn't have a conventional route to, you know, becoming a correspondent and host for the golf channel. Um, you know, I didn't even major in broadcast journalism for that matter. So, um, I think it's really important to teach young girls, like there's no, there's no right formula to get to where your goals are. Right. So, um, and a, a lot of the focuses will be like goal setting mindset for on and off the golf course, college recruiting, like post-college prep, you know, like I said, graduating and figuring out what you want to do. And, and also too, a big part of it is like that identity shift. So if they decide that they don't want to play professionally after school, really making like that shift in your mind, because, you know, I think as athletes, um, and especially as student athletes, we go throughout life and like for, I don't know, eight, maybe eight or more years were defined as a golfer or were defined as a basketball player or a football player. And once you graduate, if you decide that you're not going to turn pro, it really is like a huge identity crisis that you go through. And you kind of have defined yourself and everyone's looked at you as this one thing for a good portion of your life. And then, you know, once you lose that, it's kind of hard to deal with. So, um, you know, I'm lucky that where I still have golf in my life, but I as well had to be like, okay, like I'm not a competitive golfer anymore. And like, I don't have to be super good. Like I, you know, like I don't have to be like, I'm not playing competitively anymore. So kind of just taking that pressure off yourself and realizing like we are multidimensional people and we, we do have other interests outside of our sport, I think is, and we have other skills outside of our sport is really important. So um, the program, we go over kind of all of that stuff and there's um, a, a couple different, like I call them fundamentals that I have just with kind of navigating um, certain things and, and they can relate to 
whatever phase of life they're in, whether it's high school, college or, or post-college. And, um, you know, I think you actually talked about this on your podcast, but like even incorporating like, you know, your morning routine and really like really making sure that that is like set up for you. So you have a good day and you like get your goals done. So I talk a lot about like, you know, relaxation, breath work, meditation, journaling, all that good stuff. Um, and then, like I said, we work on like goal setting, Mm -hmm. um, and really important with goal setting is making sure they're actually effective and making sure you actually take action on those goals. Um, and then another thing too, is like confidence. I think that's a really important one. Um, I think the most important thing that, you know, most young girls don't realize is confidence is not, you're not just born with it. You know, it's not a Maybelline commercial. Like she's not born with it. Like confidence is definitely, (laughs) you know, confidence (laughs) is a skill. It's something that a lot of people have to work towards. And if you see someone who's confident, most likely they did something in order to build that confidence over the years. Like usually no one's really just born with it. Um, and maybe they were, maybe at a young age, they did have confidence, but it maybe was like outside influences that made them confident, right? Whether it's how their parents t- talk to them or, or whatever it may be, but that self-talk is really, really important. And that positivity like is really, really important. And like having a not necessarily a positive mindset, but a neutral mindset. Um, I've actually been reading a book right now by Trevor Moad, who is Russell Wilson's mindset mental coach. And he's actually been a mental coach for a bunch of huge people in the sports world, but he talks about neutral thinking and how important that is. So um, yeah, just kind of, those are like some of the things that we talk about and, and also really just helping them, especially for recent grads, like, you know, helping, helping them network, helping introduce them to, to different companies and people that potentially maybe they can get a, you know, a job with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really exciting. And I also, um, I'm building this too, cause I, in hopes that once we get back to normalcy, I can actually have an in-person event where it's kind of like a workshop weekend, um, I guess, retreat of sorts, you could call it, um, things in person. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. And, um, I, I hope that other people will be excited about it too, because I think it's, it's something that's needed, but it's, it's not there yet. So I'm excited and, and hopefully there'll be a, a demand for it. Well, it sounds fantastic. And I think you hit the nail on the head with mm-hmm. the identity crisis. I have a lot of friends who recently graduated and especially now right. because of this pandemic, yep. these seniors are losing their seasons and they just, and if that was going to be, you know, my family has always had a saying that says like, you never know when you're going to peak. Like there's so many professional golfers who don't mm-hmm. win their first tournament until they're 30, you know? And if just it's such a shame that this pandemic happened when it did and because that could have been the pushing moment for these seniors to make that decision to go pro or not and I really hope that many of these young athletes didn't give up on that dream but it's it, it really is and actually time. that was a big know. push Ugh. for me to create this program and to launch it right now because you know at first I was like well maybe I'll just work on it on the back end and and not launch it because you know I know a lot of people are going through stuff right now and who's going to want to like pay for mental coaching right now. But then I was like, you know what, at the same time, this is really needed right now. Like you said, there's so many, there's so many athletes who are, you know, who had their season taken away from them, their final season. And that's going to be really hard to deal with and to decipher, especially for those who are kind of, you know, maybe still debating, do I turn pro or do I, um, you know, give up golf and, and go get a real job? Like those people and, you know, to have those couple last final months be taken away from them while they were still trying to make that decision like that's going to be hard and that's kind of 
you know, a, just a big shift that they're going to have to figure out. And so I hope that I can, I can help some of those girls kind of navigate what to do next. And, and even for high school girls, like, you know, high school girls who are trying to get a scholarship right now, like, what does that, what does that look, what does that look like? Because, I know. Um, you know, everything's kind of shut down. Yeah. Like you can't practice, you can't go out and play in any junior, junior or amateur tournament. So how can coaches recruit you and how can they watch you? So it definitely, um, yeah, I think right now is, it was probably a good time for me to launch because hopefully I can help these young girls kind of navigate what to do next in this crazy season of life we're in. I think young athletes, not only golfers, every sport needs this more than you think. And I think, I think it's so needed right now. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect time to work on yourself. Exactly. You have no outside distraction. And I think the fact that you're launching that right now is perfect timing. And you brought into the whole aspect of confidence. And I want to touch upon, because you're really into golf and fitness fashion, as am I, I'm currently training for a fitness competition. And one of the reasons I got into golf and said, okay, dad, fine, I'll give it a try. was the fashion, um, part of it I remember I had this book when I was six years old of like wedding dress designs like that I wanted to become a fashion designer oh, I went through so many different <laughs> career changes and to bra- <laughs> but what do you think the most interesting yeah, part well, you of know it's so funny so I think it's kind of like a double-edged sword because I feel like at, at one like on one side we complain about how you know, we still have to be super traditional. It's not progressive, like, you know, kind of that side of it. But if you think about it on the other side, we get to dress, I feel like out of all the other sports, the cutest. I mean, if you look at, if you look at like even the sports we played, volleyball, basketball, (laughs) soccer, um, you know, any other sport, it's really pretty boring. I mean, if you think about it, you're, you're wearing a Jersey, you're wearing the same thing everyone else is wearing. Um, I mean, I can't really think of any other, I guess like maybe gymnasts, they get to wear cute leotards. Maybe they can spice it up that way. Um, but really like golf and kind of tennis are the two sports where you can be super fashionable and you can like show off your style in a different way than everyone else. Right. Cause it's not a team sport. You're not all wearing the same outfit. Um, and the same, you know, like baggy shirt and baggy shorts. So I definitely think that, um, you know, yes, it is a traditional sport and yes, we have to be classy, especially at certain, certain courses and certain clubs. But I think that we get to show off our style any way we, we want. I think there's a way to be, you know, respectable, but still kind of push the limits and to be progressive and, and definitely golf fashion is, I think, pushing the limits. We're getting more sporty. We're getting more edgy. And I, I think people are really enjoying kind of like, you know, pushing those, pushing those boundaries right now. Um, and I think we're trying to kind of more so make golf like kind of streetwear in a sense. Um, and I think it definitely is. Like I mm-hmm. feel much more comfortable now going from the golf course to the grocery store than I did when I was back in high school. Because when I was back in high school, I mean, the clothes that I was wearing were not as cute as they are today. So um, I definitely think that it gets better as the years go on and it's getting more fashion forward and there's pieces that I would wear. And, you know, we're able to wear like leggings for the most part at most courses. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that fashion mm-hmm. is getting progressive and it's, and it's growing. But, um, you know, I think sometimes people still do complain about, you know, the, the tradition and rules of the game. But if you look at other sports, we're definitely lucky compared to the other sports. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's funny you say pushing boundaries because back in high school, I remember my dad used to drop me off like my freshman year before I could drive and I'd 
I'd have a match after school and I'd get my golf bag mm-hmm. and I'd have to wear my go- golf clothes to school because, you know, the van leaves yeah. at 12 and if you're not ready by 12, you ain't going. So I'd waltz my way through campus in my oh. golf uniform and people would laugh. And I feel now it's a little, not laugh because I was pretty much friends with everyone, but, you know, kind of make jokes or make comments. Or I remember people would take uh, Snapchats of me angry. like walking with my golf bag and it's, I didn't really let it bother me because I knew I was going to be someone. But And then I remember one tournament, my team and I, it, it was at this big course that we finally got um, to play down in Southern California. And I was wearing the exact same golf skirt as my entire team. And because mm. of my height, it looked rather short. And I got kicked off the course. Yeah. So fast forward a couple of years now, they changed the race. Right. Yep. And I would have been able to wear it. <laughs> just it's so funny it's and it, I, I was laughing when you dynamic. talked about walking down the halls in your high school with your golf uniform on because I the same thing happened to me and actually there was one rainy day where we were playing in a tournament that day but we had to go to like our first like morning class I because I, I think we were leaving at you know a little bit later in the day but um I remember walking in the hall and I ran into my friend and her boyfriend and he just busted up laughing because it was, it was a rainy day. So I was wearing my rain gear. Cause of course, like I, you have to wear the uniform, but I'm like, it's raining. So I'm wearing my rain gear over it. And then I had like yeah, my hat course. on with my ribbon in my hair. And I think I had that look. Yes. Right. Of course. And I oh, he was laughing so hard at me because and he <laughs> said, you look like a soccer mom. And I remember turning bright red and looking around and like everyone was looking at us in the hall and I remember thinking I will never ever let myself do this ever again like I was it mortified it was so so I totally get you like I had those same oh my- memories walking down the hallway in the school with my golf uniform but you know what the girls that do that today they probably look so much cuter and the boys probably think they're so cute because their skirts you know their little frilly skirts and cute polos and all that now <laughs> I got so, um, I remember freshman year, we had these tiny little ribbons. And by the time I was a senior and I was team captain, and I remember going through that embarrassment and how I really didn't care anymore. And I wanted to teach these girls. I wanted them to look up to me in a way. I made these bedazzled cheer bows. They were so big. I was just ready. I was like, they're going to learn fast. They're not going to go through three or four years of being uncomfortable in their uniform. They're going to be comfortable with who they it. are. You know, I love it. it. They That's were awesome. so great. I just got to say they were awesome. <laughs> uh, well, it's been so fun getting to know you about your mentorship program and your current life with the Golf Channel. And I just want to thank you. Yeah, for of course. Taking no, thank you so much. I love talking about this us. stuff and I appreciate it, you know, coming on. And just talking about golf and everything in general just gets me fired up. So thank you. All right. Well, stay safe and stay healthy during this quarantine and pandemic. And we'll chat later. I'm so happy I was able to get Nikki on here as she shares her life story and how she got into the broadcasting world. She was a phenomenal guest. So thank you, Nikki, once again. But if you're interested in finding me on social media, you can find me at Avery underscore Dovsek. That is A-V-E-R-E-E underscore D-O-V-S-E-K. You can find Nikki at N-I-K-K-I golf on all social media platforms. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Why You Suck at Golf. We'll see you next time. Oh